Hello. Episode 26, Tell Me Where to Turn. You've got all three of us again in tow this week. So you've got uh, Glenn, Tommy, and Dave. Uh, you can reach me at on Twitter at Glenn3 underscore 11, as always. You can find me at Tommy2 underscore 0, Tommy2.0 on Twitter. And you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave. And I don't think I've tweeted in at least a few weeks, so I need to change that. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Tommy. Do you like that I uh, changed the intro music for the show this week? I didn't use one of your terrible thrash metal songs, but went with something a little more uh, my speed. You like that? You know, I think I like uh, every choice that's not Fallout Boy. I think that I think I'm okay with it. I'm never going to live that down. You realize that that was like the second or third episode and I hadn't yet figured out that I could literally play any song from my phone and record it on the podcast. I thought I was limited to what was in my iTunes library, which stopped accruing about 2007. (laughs) And that's the only reason I chose that dumb Fallout Boy song. Your entire iTunes library was Fallout Boy. Is that what we're? That's not what I said. I said it was the only thing in my iTunes library that I felt like was a good fit for the show. I didn't say that was all I had in my iTunes library. I think it was an entire library of just sugar. We're going down, just like twenty six (laughs) hundred copies of it. (laughs) It's like the live version and the extended version, and and Point Break Dave can deny this till he dies, but it's true. But Point Break Dave and I saw Fall Out Boy together, and Point Break Dave spent over half the show in the bathroom with diarrhea, and that's true. <laughs> Try to deny wow. that, Dave. Man, sometimes when you're already sick, going to Chipotle pre-concert is not a good move. Mm. I don't know if going to a Chipotle pre-concert is ever a really good move. It worked out great for me. Yeah, other than hey. seeing the concert, I'm sure it was perfect. Fall, Fall Boy tore it up. It was one of the best things I've ever been a part of. I, I've, I've got something. I've got something that I got to run past you guys, and I've already done it once, which really ticks me off because I, I, I was gonna indict all three of us, and I've already done it. So I have a long commute to work, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take take us down this path. But obviously the primary ticket personalities are all on vacation this week so yes there are some shows that i choose not to listen to due to personalities involved with them i'm gonna leave it at that i made my opinion known on twitter and got flamed pretty bad for it yeah, so i thought I'm you were gonna listening stand to the mornings this week with just one of the speakers enabled just listening on the left side of your truck and not the right yes side. exactly yeah, and and if intentional grounding's on, I'm out. Yeah, that's that 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 noise you just made is about how I feel. I, <laughs> that's what I call that. Well, and that's where I was going with this. So I took this opportunity to go back and re-listen to several, probably about the last six episodes of Tell Me Where to Turn because. I'm always looking to help our show improve and grow. And what, what became abundantly clear to me is that all three of us have a crutch word and it's the same word for all three of us. Are diarrhea? you aware of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. All right. Well, show's <laughs> the over. Outro I'm hit, music. The, hit the theme. Yeah, that's it. It'll, it'll be good music at least. No, but there's, there's a word that we all three say way too much. Okay. My guess is going to be the word absolutely. No, but that's a very that's a very close second. Um my guess is uh Johnson. Why is Dave on here? Why, no. Why do we even no. why do we even bother? <laughs> do we turn his mic off or just take him out of the mix or whatever? Oh, uh Idaho's breaking a big run. And oh, he fell down right oh, before the goal line. Man, the over is going. We need get this there. game. Uncle Roger needs this game to go over sixty-five in a bad way. The word is literally. We literally say the word literally all the time, and I've already said it once this show. Like I started right out and said it. Wow. 
I, I, I'd have to so go our, back and listen, absolutely. but I believe you. Our goal for this show, <laughs> our goal for this show is, is we're, we're now in episode 26. We, we've got to start up in the quality level of this show. Our goal for this show is for none of the three of us to use the word literally or absolutely the entire show. And if you say it, we're Man. stopping the show and calling them out. That's going to be tough. Because that Idaho. second word is a crutch for me, just for just general response. So I'm gonna have to really concentrate on this. Is it as big of a crutch for you as as well, alcohol is? Uh, yeah, probably just barely, barely ahead of it. But that's our that's what we're gonna aspire to in this episode, boys. Is okay. no literallys, no so absolutely. From here, do we need to transition to uh, five minutes on your new favorite show? That's not new at all. Can you hear that music that's just started playing? Can it you runs hear that? through my head most of the We've day. We've got so intro some music. of the greatest theme music that has ever existed. I'm just going to leave it running quietly here in the background while we start this segment, at least until okay. the 30 seconds runs out. It sounds Ease so pretty. Ease the pants down a little bit, but not too far. We don't, we don't want to get creepy. <laughs> all right. Get the, get the stopwatch started. Okay, so I finished season one. And hold on, there's more than one season of this show. Don't don't bog. <laughs> season one, <laughs> season one had 24 episodes, and yes, there's more than one season. There's five seasons. Did they all occur in real time? <sighs> okay, that's it. Dave's off the show. I'm not doing Jack Bauer humor tonight. <laughs> I just sir. now got that. That's what I'm bringing. So get get ready. <laughs> That was a good yeah. joke. You did, you just now got that. The that was a great. I was handcrafted. Vince so did Kerr you, in real did you time. message Coach Taylor? Congratulations on his state championship. Well, that's where I was going to start. So they shot their whole load in the first season, uh, as it were. I figured they were going to lose that championship game. How do you how do you make a show that seemingly has longevity for multiple seasons and have them win the state championship in the first season? You got to keep watching. It, it's it. Or are they going to are they going to are they going to um, strip them no, of I the just championship? Keep watching it, it uh, I thought the same thing when I watched the show that maybe this was maybe the idea was we've probably only got one season here. They're going to cancel this thing. So let's just win the title and walk off the field, you know, on top. But um, I did, I did enjoy the fact that the title oh, game yeah. was at Old Texas Stadium. That was great. They they uh, they had some great shots of the of the stadium too. And it was uh, they they frequently said that the it was sold out and and that there was whatever I don't know what the capacity of Texas Stadium was, but but it was just real obvious in some of the long shots that like. The entire upper deck, <laughs> any part where they didn't think that was going to be on camera was completely empty. Well, I don't remember them saying it was sold out. That's a little excessive. Oh yeah, no, no, no. They it, it was it was sold it was sold out. Uh, and they they did have the pregame uh, or the the night before the game dinner in one of the champions clubs up there with all the all the um, pictures of the triplets nice. in the background. It was great. So, Tommy, you said this was old Texas Stadium, right? Correct. In the show, how long did it take them to build it? <laughs> See, now I got that one. <laughs> Man, that was a great joke. For somebody who's never watched an episode, Dave's killing it. I mean, he's he's hit or miss. Like he's kind of like the he, Chris Davis of the show. Is, like he's batting he's batting about one eighty, but when he hits it, he it goes like six hundred feet. Straight Joey Galloway it right now. Because either he just walks back, <laughs> just face He's down to the dugout, or it's rips. 500 feet into right center. No, they didn't build the stadium this oh, time. Man. They didn't go to Ace Hardware <laughs> and, hey, how many steel girders you got back here? I've got 35, 16-year-olds who want to build their own stadium. <laughs> they, <laughs> they left the roof up, the hole in the roof because they didn't have time to finish it because the game was tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, but but I'm, I'm about five episodes into season two. So you, I think you famously said on this very podcast, uh, "Oh, season one's the word. It gets better." Um, the I'm show gonna, gets I'm going to fight you on that. So this is what's happened so far. This is what's happened so far in season two. A serial sexual predator is following Tyra around, 
and then Landry kills him, and then they take the body and bury it, or they don't bury it, they throw it in a river. So that's happened. Uh, coach Taylor leaves and goes and takes a job as a quarterback coach at a fictional university while he leaves his wife home to uh, have the baby like by herself, inexplicably. The daughter is dating like an older man that's in a in a band. Um, it, it's turned into like, I mean, he, Dave said Dawson's Creek. It's turned into Dawson's Creek. And I think we've seen maybe two minutes of football so far. Give it time. Have you checked the number of episodes that's in this season? I believe this season is maybe 14 or 15, and then it goes down. I think that stays there yeah. for three, and then it goes so down to like the whole deal the is, and I'm not going to ruin the plot for you, but there were less episodes season two because there was a writer's strike, and like almost every show oh, yeah, I remember that. had I remember that. a limited number of episodes, and you'll find that this season kind of ends a little per- abruptly like there's so the over they, mfs forty eight twenty one. what's up so they had a little more planned and then flipping over basically to football. riders are going on strike so let's hurry up and wrap this thing up um but the show as a whole gets better as it goes on i i would well i was gonna say i can't remember all this the seasons you know individually with a whole lot of detail without going back and revisiting wikipedia or something but i feel like season two one and two uh trying to say well if i want to go as far as saying that they're the weakest but i i think as it gets a little further in the show it gets better and then the last season or two when the great michael b jordan shows up uh i thought it was really good okay i've got like 30 seconds left in my five minute allotment, but I forgot the most, I mean, I, if Landry killing the guy wasn't so, um, Jason street in his wheelchair and Tim Riggins go to Mexico so he can have yeah, an experimental like spine. And why are you surprised at Landry? I mean, he, he shot that ki- innocent kid that was on his bike that one time. No, that's true. And, uh, I mean, he was also known as the butcher for a while too. Yeah, if I don't, I'm not I mistaken. Don't see- and didn't he, did he kill, did he kill Lauren Malvo? Is that right? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. You got your season. Oh, wait a minute. I'm getting my up. seasons confused. We, we no, never that, mind. That whole thing. Oh, well, okay. But, but I think where we ended the last episode I watched, uh, Jason Street tried to kill himself by jumping off of a booze cruise and he washed up ashore in Mexico and Tim found him and Lila was there at this point and they threw him back in Tim's truck and they were going to drive back to Texas and that's where it ended. All right. So, and let me tell you something. If if Lila, Riggins, and Street go in the water and only <laughs> Riggins comes out, the show's probably better for it. Um, so, Tommy, go this, ahead. this sounds like you had said, you know, they won state at the end of uh into season one and you're like where are they gonna go i mean it sounds like they have you know great plausible plot lines that they're they're hashing out i think i think many of these plot lines i think were a part of the script for hoosiers too if they ever made that movie because they won the tournament and then they just didn't know where to go so they're going to go with unsolved murders and experimental <laughs> surgeries didn't so didn't you know Highland Park Scots just won the five A state title? What are the odds that since they've won the title, since John Stephen Jones or Hunter Jones or whatever his name is, <laughs> Hunter <laughs> Jones, Hunter 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 Jones. <laughs> <laughs> big Freudian slip there. But I mean, since that state title is won, has somebody on that team killed somebody else with a pipe, and has some, somebody gone to Mexico for an week. experimental surgery? I mean, give it. You know, give it till like this spring. One of those two will have happened by then. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys hear that music? That means the segment's coming to an end. I'm sorry, we're playing oh, the closed music. We've got to move on. <laughs> <laughs> but next week, I'll probably have a, being that it's Christmas, I'll probably have another dozen episodes under my belt. We'll be so get ready. You're gonna go to the in-laws right, Glenn, just... pull this show out of the ditch okay. please take us somewhere uh, else i have something i want to run by you guys um and i felt like this was one of the more surprising and or amazing conversations that i've had 
with somebody with just so many unexpected things were unearthed within like a five to ten minute period of time. So we had uh, kind of an after work event this week and I was talking to an employee about I'm just being purposely vague there, I guess. Because probably the after work event is like a happy hour that you and one female employee were at. Uh, and coercion so anyway, was definitely a anyway, player. I was having this uh, conversation with uh, an employee of mine. And first off, just discovered the fact that uh, she's married to a former Baylor offensive lineman that played there in like... 08, 09, something like that. Like right when Art Bryles just started there, like his first year or two. So I'm kind of like, yeah, that's okay. Yes. Is that RG3? Yes. So I was RG3 like, that's, time. You know, that's pretty cool. But um, so then, you know, she explains that, yeah, he played with RG3. So like she's met him and several other players that were there at the time and that type of thing. Um, her husband's cousin is a uh, Corey Coleman who plays receiver for the Browns. So th- these are the minor things that, that stuck out. Okay. So then we're going to, we're going to step up from here. Uh, I discovered from right. there that she also, when she was in high school, she dated current Denver Broncos qu- cornerback, Akib Talib, known corner cornerback and psychopath. Whoa. whoa. And she, she stated she, he whoa. was about, the same level of crazy back when I guess they were like 16 or 17 and okay so next thing are you you ready because this is where you need to to buckle up and pull the belts about as tight as you can (laughs) yes put on on the Hans device she is the second cousin of the now of course deceased David Koresh (laughs) What? Yeah. David Koresh is her second cousin. Um so wow, so she's okay, crazy uh, all I, up and down. Go. Can I say this? Uh, you, you're positive you're positive that all this is true and she didn't just like Wikipedia famous people in Waco no, no, no. and then just claim to have because ties to all of them. She went to school. She actually went to school at Tech. And I've already verified <laughs> thought you were going to say she no. went to school with Chip and JoJo. She went to school at Tech. Her <laughs> husband was at Baylor. But, I mean, I, you know, verified, like, who he was afterwards. Like, she wasn't just making up, like, oh, yeah, he played at Baylor. I, you know, found his career, you know, games played and all that kind of stuff. And when he was there, um, I – the Talib thing, I buy it because he went to Richardson Berkner and – she didn't go to Berkner, but she went to a neighboring high school at the same time. Um, the Koresh thing, that's one thing I haven't looked up because she didn't, that's what he changed his name to. His uh, actual name was obviously something else that she immediately just, you know, threw out there. Like, you know, she was 100% certain of it. So I felt like that seemed pretty valid. But um, also... She is a 9-11 truther. Whoa. Totally. Okay. All right. Totally feels like the government just staged the whole thing (laughs) in order to uh, give some justification to invade Iraq. Um, So jet fuel doesn't melt steel is what you said. Kind of sarcastically. Because because initially it was more along the lines of it was like the war war was the motivation as well as like financial gain for people who had purchased insurance policies and stuff shortly before nine eleven that type of thing, and then I kind of sarcastically said, well yeah I mean and, and jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams, and then she was like eyes just opened like like obviously there's no way that could happen. Now a side note there was another. Another employee that was privy to this conversation was uh, seated next to me, and he was, he, I think he spent a few years in the Navy, so he's, oh no, ex-military, See, you gotta be careful there. and he wasn't upset, but he was definitely 
countering back. I was just basically like just kind of stoking the fire on this. I mean, I was very open. Yeah, I was very <laughs> open to do. the fact that I don't agree with this at all. But I was like, I am more than happy to discuss it, you know. But the the other guy was basically like uh, disagreed with it and said that he I forgot what he did with the Navy, but like he had worked with if it was jet fuel in particular or other you know similar type chemicals, and he had a he had a pretty quick explanation as to how that could happen. Um, which anyway, so we talked about that for a while. Then in the course of the conversation, now she didn't say that the Holocaust didn't happen, but she was pretty open to say when I, I don't remember how that even came up, but I just mentioned, you know, six. Yeah. Well, you bring it up all the time. I had my, I mean. I mean, I remember the first time I met you and you were like, hey, man. So I had my Holocaust t-shirt on. But uh, <laughs> I mentioned something about six million people, you know, being exterminated. And she was kind of like, I, you know, I don't really know if it was that much. She thought it was maybe closer to like four million. And it was just exaggerated for whatever motivation. Okay, we're not we're not done. We're not quite done yet. Um, the last two things are not as jolting as, you know, 9-11 truther and Holocaust death doubter, but, um, she's an atheist, which is, wasn't with some of the other stuff. It didn't really surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, we just kind of brushed that off a little bit. We had a few questions about that and we talked a little bit of, uh, (laughs) you know, creationism and evolution and stuff like that. Um, well, uh, not surprisingly pro-choice, which again, we just kind of brushed that off. But then the last thing, hardcore Donald Trump supporter. So how does that fit Whoa. in to this puzzle? Wow. That is the biggest round wow. whole square peg that I've ever heard. That is unbelievable. That is I mean, wild. every everything you said leading up to that point would have made me think that she was one of those people that maybe he needed a couple yeah, days off. Not had to delete her Twitter app for three days just to, just to console themselves. <laughs> well, maybe wow. given the other points, maybe she's just like basically doing the George Costanza opposite. Like most everyone believes 9-11 was exactly what it was and she's gone the other way she's gone the other way of what everyone believes about the holocaust so everyone in her position hates trump so she went the other way on that well, she's too. she was hedging her bet when it came to the holocaust she was very much like hey it happened you know but six million that seems seems a little high to 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 her i don't want to say to me somebody's going to mark the tape and like replay it back but of course i asked uh so you know what happened to those two million other people they they, they just disappeared you know um she didn't really have an answer for that so then of course at this point i'm just uh just trying to bait the hook and i'm just oh i unintentionally worded it that way uh yeah, you trying were trying to, to bait no, something. I was sure. ba- baiting, <laughs> expertly baiting the Sandy hook, hook to see if uh, she thought that that was made up. But oh. uh, no, she felt that that happened. Um, God bless those families, obviously. Can I? Can I ask a wow. dumb question about the nine eleven? Uh, you truthers? may ask anything. I don't know if we can really answer it intelligently. Because I honestly. Other than the dude that ran out at the press conference at the Super Bowl, I've had very little uh, time or want to actually look into what they believe. But what's the whole jet fuel thing? They think like there was something inside the building that caused it to come down and not the plane. Is that their yeah, bit? Essentially. And Okay. Yeah, they basically that we blew yeah. up our own building. So basically yeah. we orchestrated the planes and then also blew it up as a safety measure or a, just to make sure. I think that's the general idea. I was advised that I needed to watch that documentary 
or film loose change that 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 was the first oh, response no. whenever she said she didn't believe you know that it was terrorism and i kind of i just basically just laughed to be honest with you and she was like well you should watch loose change and i just kind of said i no i don't think that i should at all <laughs> and you told now, me hey before you should you, listen yeah. to the podcast <laughs> before you before you guys just completely say no could make that a movie review for the show. Oh, I'd watch it as a bit. Yeah, we could we could all three just agree we're gonna watch it as a bit and then then do a movie review on it. Just saying. Write that down. You should have asked her. She probably had like four or five copies in her car. She could have given mm. you one. Well I'm almost positive it it's on Netflix. That was the thing that it was uh when it came out, is so controversial that I think it was Mark Cuban's whatever production studio or whatever. I don't know if it HD was that. Net. I think it was another one. Um, anyway, I think they were the ones that originally released it, and he took a lot of heat for that. He's basically like, I don't, not that I condone it or agree with it, but hey, these guys made this. They they have a voice, and we're just giving them the platform in which. T- to voice their likely ridiculous opinions. Hey, but if there are any 9-11 truthers out there, please tweet at us your assuming rational, logical theories, and uh, maybe we have a little Twitter back and forth. Tweets and emails are always welcome on this show. Did we get we any emails not, this week? We did not get... Uh, any emails this week? I didn't ask no. for any, but we also didn't get any. We have a. Did Gustav's fifty free hours of AOL? Yeah, AOL he's waiting for that out. that new disc to be delivered via Pony Express. We need to get on it. I love those guys' emails. We got a fairly fairly good feedback. I think some friend of Dave said it was the best episode yet. Last episode, We've got. Fairly positive reaction yeah. on social media. I actually had to. I actually had to go do some research because of the episode. I I uh, I spent an afternoon trying to locate the whereabouts right. of Quiltman. <laughs> Is he still and among I'm the living? S- I'm sad to report that I don't know if Quiltman is still among the living, but Quiltman's business is not among the one. living anymore. <laughs> I uh, I started just by doing the very generic Google search of, you know, quilts, deep ellum, <laughs> things like that. Couldn't find it. Well, then I knew the name of the complex his building was in. So I found their website, their leasing website. And it said, you know, all our all our um, units are full. And then I went to the uh, page where it listed all the tenants. Didn't see the what I thought the name of the uh, company was. I don't remember the name of the company because he didn't have a sign, but I didn't see anything that sounded like quilt anything. So then I went through and clicked every single one of the businesses just to check, including uh, ones that were obviously not his that were like architect and stuff, but I went ahead just to see. A few of them, I even went to the About Us page and looked at all the headshots just to make sure he hadn't expanded his reach. And I'm sad to report that Quilt Man is no longer have gotten a, a headshot or two from just what you saw at the Christmas party that year. <laughs> as it were, if you will. I, I thought I thought as maybe from the witness if, accounts yeah, of that he may have just started a a new career in the in the film industry. Oh, here what, comes an man. endorsement. No, I was going to say, there is there is another website you could probably go on and search Boris said pornography and see if anything comes up. <laughs> Quilt man. And, and that website is yeah. not UncleRogersPicks.com, which, by the way, has already nailed the uh, over in the Idaho Potato Bowl. So uh, that moves their NCAA football record to 16-5 and five against the spread. Uncle Rog is either literally perfect or only tweets when he wins stuff but he but he also tweets his predict his picks too no he's he's literally this is almost been perfect run. and who yeah, does he he's have almost in, been uh, perfect who's he all have no, and if this tonight 
He's got over 42, and it's pacing pretty well right now. Yeah, I think that's pretty much a lock. We'll break into the show when that happens for our live updates. One other error that I have to clean up, other than the fact that, gosh, quilt man clean up. i got to be careful here. Just One other error from the last episode is the the beautiful blonde character on Friday Night Lights is Tyra. Tyra, not Tara. That's her name. So, my apologies. Well. Correct. Tyra. So... Quilt man can't find him. Our hope of getting him as a guest is not uh, not looking great. Um, and her name was Tyra. What about our odds of getting Tyra on? I would say honestly, they're better than their odds of getting Quilt man on. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, and they're both you know infinitesimal. But at least we know what Tyra's name is. We don't she know what be, Quilt man's. She name could is. be reached via Twitter. Yeah, but you know who else could be reached via Twitter, as Boris said, and what if we had him on, but we told him when he came on, we we're only going to ask questions about quilts. There's only one way to find out if they would come on or not. We, I, we, we already got think a, about uh, it. I got a response weeks back from Grego that he would come on, that he didn't have anything to do. We just, we just never followed up. I know. What a bluff. Yeah. What a bluff call that was. Yeah, I, I would be terrified no, to have him on. I, I wouldn't know what to say. I'd be terrified he would die within the hour. <laughs> that would get some ratings yeah. though very funny that's true we're, i don't think we're quite that desperate yet maybe on the verge but not quite uh not quite there so uh let's real quickly i've heard a lot of this being discussed this week but um let's let's talk christmas and christmas gifts as in g-i-f-t-s not as in uh, a video that repeats itself oh Talking, um, about, talking about Christmas. What yeah, about the Christmas worst gifts. and and or best Christmas presents that you've ever received? Well, do you want to start with let's best start, or worst? Let's start worst. I feel like we'd spend more time on that. Best can just be probably more briefly noted. Yeah, you know my 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 worst is kind of a quick hit, but it's a funny one. Uh, so for the most part, I mean, I, I listened obviously to the segments this week our grandparents were usually pretty cool i mean my my dad's mom would sometimes get out step out of line and like wrap the box of cereal and stuff the one that really was really bad was we have an we have an uncle that is uh very wealthy and he he wasn't a big presence in our lives in fact he wasn't a staple at christmas time he would uh float in and out but i think you know he 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 lived a pretty, and still to this day, even in his older age, in his 60s, lives a very fast life. He's in L.A. a lot. He's in New York a lot. He's in Europe a lot. So, you know, he he had the standing invite to come to Christmas, but, you know, I think a lot of times it was a game-time decision if he would show up. Well, the year before this present happened, he showed up, and his gift was... For all of us, uh, my brother, uh, myself, my other cousins, everybody got a $100 bill in an envelope. And we were kids. I mean, we're like eight, nine-year-old kids. Um, wow. And we had 100 bucks. So the next year, we found out he was coming for Christmas. And I was so excited because I thought I was going to get another 100 bucks. And I mean, at the time, I mean, that I don't even, I couldn't even comprehend having that much money. So he shows up and uh, doesn't have any gifts with him, you know, which is good, right? Because he's got he's got to have the money in his pocket like he did last year. We go through the whole day, uh, and then my mom, you know, gives him his token gift, which you know, what do you you get a guy that's a millionaire that doesn't need anything? She got him some you know thing that he like probably threw in the trash as soon as he left, and then he goes, <laughs> whoa. And he goes, hey, kids, your gifts are out in my car. Uh, Sorry, I forgot to bring them in. And so then I'm like, oh, well, but hey, maybe it's something great. So he pops up in his trunk and he hands me, not wrapped, not um, really packaged in any way, this way too big for me leather (laughs) Chicago Bulls jacket. Like with the Bulls logo embroidered on the back and then these leather sleeves. It was just really bizarre. Didn't fit. And everybody there got one. I don't remember what the other 
ones were. They weren't all Chicago Bulls, but they were just these weird jackets. No, I was going to say, no doubt something he – well, if they were kid sizes, he may or may not have gotten them for free. Well, they weren't really kid sizes. They were probably yeah. women's sizes, I Seems would guess. like he's something he got for free. Well, right. So this was always this big non sequitur. Well, years later was at his house in, in uh, Preston Hollow, and he – says to my dad, hey, do you want to see my new BMW? It's in the garage. We go in his garage, and in his garage, there is a clothes rack with all random jackets that I think he gets for free when he goes to these different places he goes. And that's what he did. He was coming to our house for Christmas, completely forgot to get us anything, and just grabbed six jackets off that thing in his garage without any thought, threw them in his trunk, and then gave them to us as gifts. So where is that Chicago Bulls jacket now? (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's in the effing trash, man. That that didn't that didn't last that didn't last through the December of that year. But that would probably go down as my worst gift ever, just because of the expectation going in for something great, and then just having your hopes dashed with the Chicago wow. Bulls jacket. <laughs> that's pretty funny. What about you, Dave? You got a you got a real bad one? Um, you know, probably actually uh, <laughs> maybe last year, which Uh-oh. is weird to get a terrible present in adulthood, but... Uh, Must be pretty bad. Yeah. Well, normally, and I think we may have touched on this before, I think it's weird to get presents from your parents when you're an adult, but it's just how it is, at least in my family. Like, my parents still want to get gifts, you know. And pretty much every Christmas they ask, and, you know, I'll tell them, you know, hey, I... Sometimes it's a gift card. Sometimes it's, you know, an actual uh, gift, an actual object. But this last Christmas, they never asked. And it was kind of weird. So uh, get there and we're opening presents. And earlier in the day, my dad had said something like, well, this is going to be the first Christmas in a while. You're surprised at what you get. And I was like, yeah, you know, you you never asked. So I don't know. And they're like, and then my mom's like, pulling me aside and like oh I think you'll really like it you know we spent more than we usually do but I think it's something you're really gonna enjoy so I can't have you know I'm racking my brain at what it could be they hand me the box when we're opening gifts and it's like a shoebox size but really heavy like incredibly heavy I'm like what in the gold brick (laughs) I'm like what in the world could this be and I open it up and it's silverware. Well, who doesn't need silverware? And basically, they had, like, the silverware we have in our house that we got when we were married, apparently sometime in the last 10 years has been discontinued. So they, like, tracked down because they thought for some reason we are about to start hosting you know, big dinner parties and need more silverware than we currently have. So they, like, tracked down, you know, the last remaining set of the silverware, which the set we have isn't even that nice. Like, if we needed more, we'd just go get a different set. <laughs> like, we're not attached to it in any way. And they went to all this trouble. And, and to be honest, the vast, I think we took out some of the spoons but the rest of it, like, we can't, it doesn't even fit in the drawer. We have enough as it is. So it's just sitting so in the closet. just explain to them, like, hey, uh, you guys know that I, I literally eat cheeseburgers for every meal. What am I going to do with this fork? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't need, a, you don't need no. a fork to eat chips and queso. That's right. Okay, so, so, so but, mine, yeah. um, also, the one that I can think of, think of off the top of my head, was also in adulthood. And it was from my in-laws. And I'm kind of the same way. I think once I hit somewhere between 25 and 30, like not only is it kind of weird to get presents from your parents, but I think other than maybe my wife buying me something, I don't really want anyone to buy me anything. And if we can just enter into the pact of you don't buy me anything, I don't have to buy you anything, we'll just... I don't know, get together and enjoy, you know, the holiday itself. I'm totally fine with that. So anyway, after that non sequitur, um, so I think this was probably like 03, I think it was. 
So I was like 26. And uh, no, my in-laws got me something and they know that I'm a, a big Cowboys fan and uh, a big Longhorns fan. So what I got for Christmas was a commemorative Super Bowl 30 champions Cowboys mug, which A, was likely pre-used <laughs> and or was obtained for free. And it was inside like a grocery bag that you get, you know, they, that they might give you at the store to, to bag your stuff in. Not a plastic one, but like if you brought your own bags, it was that type of bag. And it was just, it had yeah. even had HEB on it, but it was like Longhorns themed. <laughs> so my present was the, the mug inside that bag. A mug celebrating a night. Uh, oh, so they thought I you might want yeah, to. Yeah, that was the part bag. of the deal. So, yeah, so. To so carry a mug some stuff around that in? was commemorating a 1996 world championship that I received in 2003 was very, <laughs> very timely and. Uh, and emotional and inspirational. I believe the bag was used for several years for whenever you need a bag. I'm pretty sure that that mug, when I got home, I immediately walked over and lifted the lid on my uh, the can I put all the recyclable stuff in and just softly dropped it in there. And that was the end of mug. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Merry Christmas. I really, I really hope this year they in that same vein you're like we know you like the longhorns and we know you like the cowboys and they pull out the 50 50 jersey (laughs) and there's some situation where i just have to wear it and one half would definitely be romo it would just can be completely completely worthless of course with their with with the timing it would be like half aikman and like half colt mccoy (laughs) <laughs> so but as far as uh as far as best that's, best presents that's i think this was pretty common for for uh males that are around our age but whenever my parents got me the original nintendo i think that's far and away the most excited i've ever been on uh christmas morning because that was so much better than uh I think I had an Atari 2600 at the time. I don't know if I had one or if I just played when I was at my cousin's house. I can't really remember. But it was such a step up from that that uh, I think that one stands out for sure. There was, uh, yeah. That's a big one. And even my dad, which, see, I'm thinking that was like Christmas 85 or 86. So my dad would have been in his early 30s. I think he played it as much as I did. I guarantee he played more Duck Hunt than I did careful there i remember my dad my dad my dad played a fair amount himself uh little played a little rbi baseball action that's a great game man we just had a very unfortunate unfortunate fourth and goal stuff yeah. there Dave. They, it was like on the three inch line how did they not get in there? that would have uh that would have given the uh over and a two and oh night for well, yeah, Uncle Raj, I mean, not, but not only that but it, it would have put the eagles up uh two scores and uh further enhance the odds that the the cowboys clinched the number one seed tonight too but the effing giants unless well i strolled uh i strolled into academy sports and outdoors today and there was a sign on the door that said hey if uh the eagles win tonight championship gear will be available there you go i feel like it's the it's always academy man they're always on the cutting like edge. It's a, a pretty good sign that you're not doing very well if you ever have an NFC East division champs shirt on. It seems like you're settling for a pretty low, <laughs> a pretty low bar if a division title's you know enough for you. You're like the Lucas Oil Stadium of t-shirt buyers. Yeah, go back a couple weeks. Throwback. <laughs> Actually, the re- the reason I was in Academy was uh, actually quite ended up in a humorous situation later in the day. But I um, I had to go in there to buy a bicycle whoa, whoa, helmet whoa. for yourself. Yeah, yeah, to uh, go with the new bicycle that I just bought about fifteen minutes before I went into Very Academy. Nice. 
does that qualify as your best Christmas present ever? One you bought for yourself today? Well, it almost turned into my worst Christmas present ever, but I'll get into that in a minute. But no, uh, I think I've said this before on the show, but the best Christmas present that I ever got was hands down uh, when I got my junior dragster. That's a good one. I was so excited. Yeah. I uh, And my parents did the ultimate fake out. Like, I had no idea. Have you ever have you ever been part of a big surprise where you thought you were surprising somebody else, but the surprise was really for you? Because that's what my dad expertly pulled no, off. No, I haven't, but that is uh, pretty impressive go, for sure. He had told us that he had bought my mom a big piece of furniture, and it was in the garage, and we, you know, we we needed to, you know, make sure to stay keep her away from there on Christmas morning, and then we were going to lead her out and show her, and we go out to show her, and we open the garage, and there nice. is was the it wrapped in one of those giant bows. no actually the guy that creepy guy with the ipad from the chevy commercial was there and he pushed a button and then it just lifted up in the air and there was another junior dragster underneath it oh man what about you dave uh i mean nintendo and junior dragster are both good i would have to go with the birth of our savior i think is the greatest christmas (sighs) present Obviously, but but you know you guys can talk about the Nintendo, but well, I th- I'm pretty sure wow. that within that first year that Chris th- Davis, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, that within that first year of having a N- Nintendo, that I beat Kung Fu enough times to get me into heaven. So you deal with that, <laughs> dude. Kung Fu, Kung Fu is a tough game to beat. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold claim. This, so I played it as a kid, and then Let's Kung Fu was a huge player uh, in college for some reason with uh, the people that I that I lived with, and uh, we could beat the game like seven times through without dying one time. And I contend that we were we were in the top one wow. percent of the world of kung fu kung fu players. If there had only been a way to back then to make money that way. But now I've lost it. Wow. Well, yeah, but Boy, there is know, now. It's, just, it's all about timing, you know. It's all politics and who you know. I mean, kung fu, it's a pretty <laughs> closed, you know, circuit try, to try to get in there. So, And then I'd have to prove up my claim. I prefer just to talk about it and never have to actually show anybody. But <laughs> it is true, though. I was pretty awesome. So with, within the last 48 hours of this moment, I have put in and played for over an hour Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. First incredible game, but it would be it would be a fun experiment maybe maybe during the podcast sometime to sit here and all try to roll all the way through that game cuz that game gets incredibly difficult. I, I don't end. think that I could beat Tyson. Even though I haven't it's probably been Maybe not twenty, but close to twenty years since I've played it. I think I could get all the way to him, but I don't think I could beat him. Well, beating beating Tyson is is a you have to actually really have a strategy to beat Tyson. Unlike the other guys, where you just keep you just keep doing whatever the formula is to beat that guy. But with Tyson, you have to actually make sure to time when you knock him down at specific areas because he what he does and how he reacts to things changes based on the time of the round and where you're at and it, there actually is an art to beating Tyson. Well. There you have it. I I've, I, I have, have done, it. done it but I think uh it was literally once and it was probably just blind luck at just trying just over and over and over and knowing all the cheat codes where you could get to super macho man or whoever that was the guy right before him where you only got to fight one guy before you get there yeah no i uh i i actually made that mistake in college popped off that that i could beat mike tyson's punch out and you know ended up putting some money on it and having to do it uh and couldn't do it but the reason i couldn't do it was because yeah i'd always used the cheat code to get to super macho man and i could beat him easily i mean i had him figured out and then you know had 
had enough success against Tyson where I felt like I could do it. Well, I play through the game and I get to Mr. Sandman and I can't beat him because I'd never ever had fought him. I mean, I had fought him, a, you know, the one or two times I played through, but I, I had, you know, in the however many years it passed from when I was playing it every day to college, it completely lost the concept for how to beat Super or Mr. Sandman. Couldn't couldn't get past. How did we get here? And and also how offensive. One of the, how one of the many bets I've game? lost. If we remember the uh, the the Russian. Oh gosh. The the Russian, yeah. Soda Popinski. Soda Popinski. I guess he was drinking soda, but. Which was like cl- yeah. clearly an alcoholic, but but they they uh, had him and drinking two, soda, uh, but he the he two was most drunk. difficult guys to fight are Mike Tyson and Mr. Sandman, who have one <laughs> yeah, thing just, definitely just saying, in common. Two most, <laughs> the two most naturally athletic people on and the game course, for sure. You know, let's also not forget the the naming of the Asian. F- fighter piston <laughs> that was the name of my fantasy football team one year i just wanted to revive that for at least <laughs> one more year hey the second the second time you run through piston honda don't sleep on him either man the the first time not too big of a deal the second time when he mixes yeah, in that jab eyebrow raises out. absolutely uh well let me tell you guys one more story from this afternoon before we run out of time here because this is pretty bad but i uh i got my bike helmet got home while well, my son had gotten a bike from his his grandparents that live in town and we're we're leaving town tomorrow morning to go visit the other set of grandparents so we did christmas early and my plan all along was to you know i my christmas present was going to be a bike and since today actually was turned out to be a pretty reasonably nice day and we were about to leave for a week in houston and he hasn't gotten to ride his bike yet i said you know what I'm going to go ahead and get my bike, give myself my present today, and we'll go for a bike ride today. And he, and he has, he's five years old. He has no idea how to ride a bike. He's got training wheels on it. So he was real skittish starting out, you know, just real uncomfortable. And, and he actually kind of fell off the bike on the training wheels, and he was real scared. And so we, you know, we spent an hour, hour and a half, you know, just getting his confidence up, you know, bike 101. But we live along a walking trail that has – you know, undulations and variances in height. And finally he got going pretty good. And we, we made this, it's about a two mile loop by my house. And we made the whole, we made the whole loop and, and, you know, he did okay. But when, whenever we were going downhill, he'd get real nervous. And he's just got one of those little kids bikes where you push your feet backwards to stop, like to break, right? There's no gears or anything. Yeah. So it's forward, pedals back so you know we he was getting the hang of how to use in that so we went down a couple of declines towards the end of the ride and you know I, I he was going i mean like i mean i'm like basically walking my bike i mean he's going really slow and just inching his way down the hill which you know he won't listen to me i'm like you know that makes it harder to balance or whatever so we get to the very end of the trail we're you know we're i mean we're right by where we need to to exit the trail to go to my house and there is a really steep decline like very steep steep enough that there's a sign that warns bicyclists you know, that has like the the kind of pie piece pointing down with the bike and the exclamation point you know like hey look out this is steep and this is where you took them <laughs> why didn't you just yeah so this story this story is really about poor parenting is yeah what this story why didn't is about. you just balance the two yeah. wheels like at yeah. the apex of the texas giant and just say well good luck <laughs> <laughs> you guys in even telling the story now like it's so obvious but at the time i mean at the time it went right over my head i feel so bad but you know every other you know minor decline we've gone down he's just inched down it i mean just just rode the brake so we're at the top of this you know because we kind of had to ride up to get there and, and he doesn't like going uphill and i'm you know the whole thing was a beating to be honest with you but I'm a good sport. We're having fun. So I said, hey, I said, hey, buddy, just ride your brake like you've been doing. And we're going to go really slow down this um, down this hill. And then we're going to be home. Okay. So I'm behind him. So he kind of starts to inch forward. And he's he's really heavy on his brake. Well, what happens is the, the decline is so steep that it just he just starts sliding his back wheel. Like, so he, he can't, literally can't. Oh, crap. I said literally. 
Yeah. All right. So the podcast. He can't <laughs> stop. He's sliding down the hill, but it's not. He's not going fast. I mean, but he, but he's he's dragging the he. He's hitting the brake as hard as he can, and he's still moving. So he has no control. Right, but he's not going fast. But what it, what what it does is he freaks out. So he decides, okay, this isn't right. I'm putting my feet down. Well, when he does that, he takes his foot off the pedal, oh, no. which is stop the brake. So what happens? He starts going, and he's got his feet, uh, you know, kind of, and he's so he's he's wobbling back and forth, one training wheel to the other, and there's a oh. curve coming up. And he's in and he, and he, yeah, and I and now I'm like horrified, and I'm I, I mean this is like a disaster. Well, he he's actually somehow realizes like halfway down that he can't get his feet down, and he gets back on the pedals because the pedals don't spin, and he gets back on the brake and skids, and then lays it on its side and crashes into the railing. I mean it was bad, like. He he skinned both of his knees, but I mean, it, it's nothing but the grace of God that he's not in the emergency room. I mean, this was a horrific accident, and he just happened to land in between supports for the fence. The bike got far enough away from him that he didn't get tangled up in it, and he he basically just had a couple bloody knees to show for it. But this was a horrific accident, and there's and what's funny is now it's not funny at the time, but. There's like a big black streak where it was his last attempt to stop before he ran into the wall. Oh wow! It looks like an NASCAR track. It, lo- it looks like it looks like the streak so right before made the DeLorean went back to 1955. <laughs> <laughs> looks like this the the streaks that uh, the three left uh, at Daytona Super oh, Speedway in 2001 right he was, as he was being murdered. Yeah, but uh, I, I, and now, I mean, but now, now, I don't know what I was thinking. He's never ridden a bike before, and I take him out on this trail with this huge. I mean, it was terrible. Like, but it, at the time, it made perfect sense. So, well, and he was doing so good, and and it just, yeah, and and then of course he doesn't want to ride it anymore. We're still not. a quarter mile away from home. Well, I mean, so we had to, I had to do the to use your example, Dale Senior. He didn't want to drive anymore after that either, right? Wow, I think that one might have might have hit the warehouse in Camden know. Yards. I don't know. That's a called strike three, if you ask me. Or was it foul? <laughs> um. <laughs> but no, I gave him the I gave him the get back on the horse pep talk and and uh, and actually got him to ride it the rest of the way home. And then of course you know he had to tell his mom all about it. We had to do back teen well, on the uh, knees and let's backtrack a little bit. bit but. But he, I was if proud I of him for ask, sticking it out. What did the lady that you're forced to live with think about this whole story? She was fine with it because I, I, he just told her that he crashed his bike. I mean, I left out the horrific nature of it. I, I, she wasn't ready. Have for you that told her since then? Will she discover it no. within 24 hours of us hitting stop on the record button? Okay. All Most right. likely. Roll roll well, tape on that. Oh, that's not yeah. A I was going to say idea. that could be. And this whole. Should we? Yeah, shoot. We may we may be listening to this in the car on our on our long I mean, trip listening tomorrow. To it so in yeah, the, or will in the she car, you're probably going to be listening to it at a, a legal proceeding at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> will she discover it when you guys are walking the trail and she sees like the huge, you know, kid bike. Uh, you know, skid mark. It's like, oh, why? Why was some little kid going down this hill? That's who let yeah, him do a, that? And then you have to there's fess a up. there's yeah. a chalk outline next to this gate. <laughs> Man, you guys, you don't even it's know. It's a real shame we what could, they it did been a, dog. <laughs> It could have been a whole different tenor of the podcast tonight. I mean, I still would have done yeah. it because that's what he would have wanted me to do. But <laughs> I mean, we would have just left some kind of memorial there with a, a a good wrench number three hat over it, and that would have fixed everything. All right. So, do you want to end on you almost murdering your son? Well, unless you guys got anything else to bring to this thing, I I think that's a fine place to a fine place to segue back into some really excellently handcrafted. Uh, alternative rock oh my well dave i want to i want to thank you for joining us and the eagles are presently running a double reverse as they try to clinch this game and 
give the Cowboys home field advantage. 